Welcome. This is ActiveSpirituality.life. It is a weekly forecast program with astrology and a guided meditation activation to help you make the most of your week. It's run by Pamela Cuchinell, that's me, the astrologer, and Susie Mazzoli, Master Healer. We invite you to find out more about our individual work. Susie Mazzoli, susiemazzoli-healer.com or insightoasis.com for astrology. You can also find both of us at activespirituality.life and we look forward to your joining us every week. Please share with your friends. Here we go. Welcome everyone to week 45 of 2022. Pam is going to let us know all about the week starting Monday the 7th of November and wow, <laughs> I, I feel so silly even saying November already. Um, Pam, what's happening? And then I'll be back soon with our meditation. Okay, so I do hope many of you are having an easier time with the Mars retrograde than I am. Uh, those of you who may be feeling it acutely are uh, people with a strong Mars in your horoscope. That means it's prominent on one of the lights, sun, moon, or it's rising or on your midheaven. Um, it could also be that you have a lot of Scorpio in your horoscope or a lot of Aries. And depending on the rest of your horoscope, because Mars is retrograde in mutable Gemini, so your mutable sign might be affected as well. And this Mars retrograde may be feeling a bit like Mercury retrograde on steroids because it is, Gemini is the sign of the communicator and Mars is the planet that signifies how we assert ourselves, drive, push ourselves forward where our passion is. So understandably, this retrograde is slowing things down in the activity of action. For some of us who are born with Mars retrograde, this can feel like a very nice groove. It all depends on your personal horoscope. But overall, we are going to be witnessing delays. And one thing that is of note this particular week is it is the U.S. Election Day on Tuesday, which I will talk about more, and also that day has the last eclipse of the year. So on Monday, the 7th, the moon is in the sign of Aries until 12.15 a.m. So just for 15 minutes as the day has changed, Eastern time, depending on where you are. And then it's mainly in the sign of Taurus. It's very well aspected. And I say that in spite of the fact that this moon will carry us through election day tomorrow in the United States with all the craziness that is likely to happen because of that eclipse. So on Monday, I think one thing that's really important, um, whether you're well, actually, everyone is affected by the United States election because it's such a huge country. So overall, it would be good to think in this day of what brings in the best energy for overall humanity, 
the other creatures on the planet and the awareness of how our earth is best carrying us through evolution uh, geologically but also spiritually so i think it's a really excellent day for prayer for meditation for focus for banishing any worry or thoughts of fear because that is the least thing helpful what happens energetically is the more of us who are in a state of love trust and aiming for spiritual fulfillment the easier it is to obtain those things the more of us who slide into worry concern fear um, you know our mental activity is a lot of what creates the maya around us the illusion of what a reality is so i just love monday the 7th with that moon in taurus which is well aspected to Jupiter as it runs through the sun. Well, actually, <laughs> Moon in, in Taurus doesn't really run. It kind of cruises through the 30 degrees of the sign. But it is of note that in the sky, in, in the darkness, in Eastern time, and again, you adjust depending on where you are on, in the globe, but in the sky, there is a picture between Venus and Saturn, which is a challenging aspect. And many of you have acute ears and have been listening to me talk about Venus-Saturn challenges when I look at them in the daily movement, because it affects those of us especially who have that natally squares to Venus and, and Saturn, oppositions, the conjunction, these are aspects that talk about a sense of we have to work very hard to obtain what we deserve in life or what we feel we desire or want. And it is a hardwiring in the psyche of certain people born with this, it is not necessarily truth, but it's how they perceive reality. So when we are feeling that crunch, which it is in the sky at this point in time, and it is affecting the sense of there is not enough. And for those of us who battle with that on a regular basis, the sense that we have to work harder, um, there's not enough uh, money, jobs, love, um, ability to manifest our goals. I always see this reminder of when these planets kind of return to this dance as an opportunity for me to review how am I doing with this life lesson because I have this life lesson. So I think it's no accident that this is occurring while the moon is in the sign of Taurus, which is a beautiful aspect. It talks about abundance, getting all the nurturing you need in your life. And of course, those of us who have moon in Taurus doesn't mean that it beautifully aspected we can have challenges in spite of that sense that it is possible to 
obtain that. But I think the lesson on this day is to look in terms of all the noise that may be out there shouting that there's not enough, we have to, you know, we have to do without uh, financial struggles. And yes, I'm not saying this isn't a time when we have to reevaluate what goes on in our world financially. But there are reasons why the planets move as they do to give us symbolic information and it wedged in between these eclipses and sort of on the precipice of the one that happens on Tuesday. How might we put blocks or limitations on our ability to bring in full manifestation of creative love and abundance. So overall, I think that this is a good day, a day when we can bring in all kinds of possibilities. And then on the 8th, Election Day in the United States and this eclipse, this eclipse, which historically speaks about um, coming to terms with the moon and Taurus in opposition to the sun and Scorpio. So what is that teaching us? It shows us, in, among other things, how we bring in or invite in possibilities, what we need based on our ability to trust, sink in, and recognize our resources. Scorpio is a sign that really wants us to look at how willing are we to go deeply into something? How willing are we to merge our passion with another, to invite in tremendous possibilities and expectations of what can happen? And I think that this particular eclipse suggests that we can bring in greater abundance. Now, what does that mean? Well, it means different things to different people. So, <laughs> But what I find something to really reflect on with Taurus is I think of the, the card, the Empress in, in tarot. And the Empress is a wonderful depiction of a woman who feels that she has everything she could need or desire at her fingertips, on her footprint. She lives in a world where Fruit hangs off the trees, easy to reach. It never rots. And all are given a wonderful environment of flowers, colors, and ease. Now, we know that this most likely is not possible on the earth in which we live. But part of why it may be limited is that sense that not everyone can have it. And I suggest at this eclipse, uh, for people who are voting, for people who are hoping for a better world, for people who are 
have their arms open for more creativity, connection, and the manifestation of beauty and connection in the world, that this is something we can invite in. Now, the deal with eclipses is they show us very fast windows. And for those of us who have a point on our horoscope that's 16 degrees fixed, so that's Taurus, Scorpio, Leo, and Aquarius. So if that eclipse is actually triggering you, you are going to get some sort of message. At a lunar eclipse, it may come in through a dream or a symbol. It's not necessarily a direct overture line to what this meaning is. But the more aware you are of the, the inevitability that this is in your sphere, the more likely you are to be able to embrace it and take advantage of it. Now, it's a very high opportunity time with this eclipse from a little before 3 o'clock in the afternoon Eastern time until we get into the next day, um, pre-dawn. So this is a great late afternoon, evening time to be having those conversations, to be open to possibilities, and to invite in absolute potential for our ability to give birth to a better world. Wednesday the 9th, oh, and I also need to say that Eclipse, Mars retrograde, Jupiter retrograde, the fact that Mercury is in opposition to Uranus on this election day. Uh, There's a moon square Saturn on this election day. This is going to be a lot of, uh, a lot of activity and noise and excitement and all of the above. And with an eclipse, anything can happen. So that's why it's so important to be conscious of what it is you're sinking into the absolute belief, knowing truth of making happen. So on the ninth, the moon is still in the sign of Taurus in the early morning. It goes void, of course, at 7 a.m. And it enters Gemini at 8.37 a.m. So that's about an hour and a half that it's void, of course. So during that time, you know, organize your email, um, get yourself ready to moving into faster action because when the moon is in the sign of Gemini, it wants us to have conversations, move around, get things done. I have to say that productivity may not be as high as it was Monday, Tuesday, because the Gemini moon can have us moving around a lot, but that doesn't necessarily mean that our productivity or focus is as great as it was the days before. So that's why Monday and Tuesday are really important days. And it's 
very important to to embrace a sense of power and that you absolutely have more effect in a situation than you may think. Do not let yourself feel as though your life doesn't matter. Um, I read a quote by Buckminster Fuller the other day that pretty much, I don't remember the exact quote, but the reminder is none of us are here randomly. We are all here for a reason. And if you're feeling a sense of uh, disempowerment, worry, and fear, look again at what it is you are not effectively manifesting because you are here for a reason. So Wednesday in the day and evening, I think one of the things that's really important to mention uh, for Wednesday, Thursday with this moon, <laughs> Gemini kind of moving around like crazily. There's a Mercury square Saturn picture in the sky, messages, information. Remember what I said, how this Mars retrograde may feel like Mercury's retrograde. These couple of days can really feel that way. So Wednesday, Thursday, Double check emails, make sure you know what people are saying, uh, work hard on not getting crazily distracted. I mean, if you're just kind of having fun and nothing needs to be delivered, fine. But otherwise, Wednesday, Thursday, and into Friday, stick to your to-do list. Don't let yourself be distracted. The shiny objects are just that. They aren't necessarily good to follow. And you want to stay on course. That is the best um, best thing to say at this point in time. At 5.28 p.m. on November 11th, uh, Veterans Day in the United States, Remembrance Day in Canada, uh, 5.28 p.m. the moon goes void, of course, and it enters Cancer at 7.22 p.m. So I think that void time is really excellent to kind of discharge any excess energy you have, any feeling like you're spinning and you don't know where to land, sit in a garden, uh, do something that allows you to feel some sort of connection, clean, purge, but keep focus because there's kind of a, a sense of, not really knowing where the open ends are uh, at this particular time. Once the moon enters the sign of cancer, however, we are in a really nice weekend to make connections with people you really love, situations where you feel comfortable, have a nourishing meal that evening. Actually, in general, we always should, but certainly throughout the weekend, there's a real desire to um, sit down with people or, or with just yourself in a place that's comfortable, maybe your cat or dog on your lap, whatever gives you that sense of real touch, connection, um, music, water. We want to be refreshed this weekend, and we need to, because those few days I was talking about, Wednesday through Friday, they are high-wire days. 
and especially as I was talking about the noise with the eclipse and and election day and whatever might be spinning in financial markets, one can feel a real sense of just, hey, where are we going to land? When is this when is this ship coming out of the sky? And, and so what we really need is a weekend of true spiritual reflect, refreshment. And you can have that. It's just really important that you prioritize it and put it on your calendar. Uh, don't let the weekend just kind of happen unless you know you're, you know, unplugging and you are just going to be at home or, you know, with family or doing something that is really restorative because that's what really needs to happen over Friday evening, Saturday and Sunday in order to feel as though you have what you need to get into next week. So the other thing that I want to mention is that on Saturday the 12th, some of us may be really feeling that, um, awareness of an old wound. Uh, the thing that's really useful of this is that think about a splinter that has kind of lodged itself layers under your skin and it's there. It's, it's an annoyance and it's important to get to it and move it and, and have it come out. Um, I think of wounds or foreign objects that get into our bodies and it, it, you know, it can just be a little shard, but if it's not really addressed, it can cause ongoing problems that we really want to come to terms with and understand. So it's important on Saturday to give yourself that time and reflection that you need. And then to really prioritize on Sunday the 13th, what is it I need most? Or maybe a loved one needs, maybe a child, spouse, parent, someone with whom you work with or have a, a deep connection. Uh, what is it that person needs in order to ferry through or get to the other side of whatever this sadness, grievance, wound is? And invariably what happens when we are caretaking, addressing, uh, putting healing energy into another person is that it's not random. We're there for a reason. And oftentimes what may happen through the very act of helping someone else or being present for someone else is something within you shifts and heals. You weren't even aware of it, but there's there's always a reciprocity that happens when we are present and really being there for someone else. And now I turn it over to Susie. Thank you, Pam. And um, this is such an important point of doing for others. And it is one of the core teachings of um, what I practice in Tibetan Buddhism. Um, becoming selfless and doing for others. 
So I think it's a really important meditation for us and I invite you all now to, to sit with me as we do this. So just take a few minutes to find that, that space where you can just be still, be nice and still for 10 minutes. And as always, sitting up nice and straight. It's best not to lean against something and to hold yourself with a nice straight back. And just allow yourself to relax into that position and just normal, peaceful breathing. And let's contemplate for a moment the spiritual aspect of our lives. And spiritual obviously means something very different to everybody. For some people there is a very different understanding of what we do when we're acting spiritually. We might have different practices, different religions, but we can definitely all agree that loving kindness and being compassionate is core to being a spiritual person and core to all of the world religions or, or spiritual practices that people do. And the question is, how much time do we actually spend in loving kindness or in compassionate thought or feeling? And we can honestly say that we spend a lot of time just trying to stay alive, just surviving, just doing our job, looking after our children, keeping our house, our home neat or clean, just basic survival. And sometimes we spend so much time just on how we look, on our clothes or our makeup or the shape of our body or dieting or whatever, the image. And imagine what would happen if we spent all of that time actually on our spiritual practice, on our heart, on developing calmness in the mind or on simply thinking about others. And we are. We are taught in so many ways to look after ourselves. Most of us, if you live in this world, we are taught to be the best. We are taught to compete. We are taught to gather. We are taught to be successful. We are taught to have lots of money because then we'll be happier and then we'll have freedom. And not so often are we given the space or the encouragement to be always just ourselves or to be authentic or to be generous and kind. That it's okay to live simply, it's okay to be in this world 
and be ourselves and to deepen into our hearts and to really be loving. This world is very much built on these dualities of right and wrong and up and down and rich and poor, good and bad. We see this absolute split everywhere. We see it in politics. We see it everywhere in our world. So what we can do too is see this very clearly in me and the others, my survival, their survival, what's right for me, what's not right for me. And we can learn very, very quickly to just look out for ourselves. We can learn very, very quickly to find lots of faults in others, lots of faults in the world, lots of problems, lots of issues. But when we really deepen down our awareness, when we look at the world from the bird's eye view or even from much further out, from the planetary view, or if we go deep underneath all of the layers and go into the microscope and look down at the atomic level and beyond the atomic level at the quantum level, we see that we are all interconnected and interdependent and that there really is actually an underlying web, a net, a field that we all exist within that is our connection and that everything that happens outside of us actually is happening to us as well. As much as we see the reality as differently, everything is also within us. So when we are helping others, we feel good. But we're also helping ourselves. We're helping ourselves by helping others to be in this world. By helping others, by reaching out, random acts of kindness, speaking kindly, making nice comments to people, sharing our wealth, sharing our wisdom, sharing our love, sharing our kindness, sharing whatever it is that we might have learned in this world to be a better person. Everything that we share is always increasing the merit, always increasing the world, always increasing the happiness in the world at large. And we do it, of course, without any expectation of receiving anything in return, not even a thank you, not even a nod or an Oscar award. We do it selflessly. 
helping others selflessly. And that also really helps us to diminish our big egos that we are the centre of the universe, our big egos that are clamouring for recognition or clamouring just for survival. How different the world would be if we could all wake up every morning and say, what can I do for others today? What can I do for others that will make this world a better place? How can I wake up into this world with less of my self-cherishing and more of my generosity? How can I wake up into this world and see less separate qualities, less separatism, less duality, and see more of the connection, more of the interdependence, more of the interconnection. And as we are sitting here now in this contemplation, in this meditation, just feel yourself literally that you are a part of a giant network like the mycelium network of fungi on the planet, that we are all connected and that when we are helping each other, we are helping the entirety of all of us. Feel yourself literally reaching out in all directions around you with your heart wide open, breathing in and breathing out and feeling yourself totally a part of this miraculous and beautiful planet that we all share together. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. Thank you so much, Pam, for the forecast for next week. Love now. You have been listening to Susie Mazzoli and Pamela Cuccinell of activespirituality.life. If you've enjoyed this program, consider a donation. You can find the link for that, activespirituality.life, regardless We look forward to having you join us again for next week's podcast. Please share and have a great week.